Some places take you away. Some bring you together. Marathon does both. Marathon is Florida's family key with something for everyone. You'll find museums and wildlife refuges, wide open beaches, miles of warm, clear water, and the historic Seven Mile Bridge. For more about Marathon and the latest safety protocols, visit flakeys.com slash marathon. Hey, it's Mark Kay from The Mark Kay Show. You hear me every weekday morning from 10 a.m. to noon on 104.5 WOKV, Jacksonville's News and Talk. First of all, thanks for listening to The Mark Kay Show podcast. Second, if you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe to the Burrish Daily Discussion podcast and Jacksonville's morning news interviews. And don't forget to head to iTunes and Google Play and leave a review. Thanks for listening. Entertaining. Never been so addicted to a show between 10 and 12. Informative. You call people out no matter what they are, and you hold them accountable. That's The Mark Kay Show. The first hour of the Mark K Show starts now. I think it's really rich of the Democrats to say that they need to see the evidence on why Donald Trump took the action he did in Iran. Kind of like the evidence from the Russia probe or the evidence in the impeachment case. Because evidence is so important to the Democrats. Oh, they not even the Democrats that want to see the evidence. Mike Lee and Rand Paul, they're all freaking out about this uh, this, this supposed um, what a briefing that they had about that where they didn't like what they were told or they weren't given enough proof that, that this General uh, Soleimani should have been killed, which I'm going to be honest with you, do you need more proof i mean how just go down to the uh go down to the hospital and check out you know go down to the um you know in bethesda medical center and check out all of the uh all of the uh you know military personnel there that are in the you know getting fitted for uh fake legs and arms and things like that that's the evidence that you need that that guy should have been should have been taken out a long time anyway we'll get into that here in just a minute what's up everybody this is the mark k show 855-765-1045 now we have good news and bad news the good news is that it appears that we are not starting world war three and that iran has indeed stepped down, and that is a result of Donald Trump's decisive military action. Not only are we safer and stronger today than ever before, but we're also richer because the economy, man, the, another record-breaking day on the stock market yesterday while Donald Trump was speaking. It was almost like every word that came out of his mouth made this country richer. Because as he was speaking, as he was giving his speech in the White House, White House foyer about Iran and Iraq and all of the action that was going on, as he was doing that, the stock market began to climb to like another record breaking, you know, explosion. The Dow ended at the highest it's ever been. And that is a result of the what they call the sigh of relief rally, meaning we're not going to war so we can continue to invest our money in America and other places. And that's part of the and that's part of the greatness of this entire plan is that Donald Trump knows that war is bad for the economy and that what he needs to do is stop that war from starting. Another thing that the Democrats don't get. And we were pulling, we were pulling, uh, you know, this is, is it, Thursday's a great day because what happens is um, we do this game called uh, What the Bleep? And we need to go through and pick all these, you know, uh, these really, you know, funny uh, tidbits of information and news and, and sound bites from people in, in the government and the media from, from the past week. And in doing so, I always get, I always get uh, sucked down the rabbit hole. And instead of actually just looking for funny clips, I just start watching these, these speeches that I never saw or watching these clips on CNN that I'd never even thought of watching. 
and I only do because you pay me to. Uh, but in the end, I learn a lot about what people are thinking. And people still think that what Donald Trump did was rash. They still think what Donald Trump did was uh, dangerous. They still think what he did was, um, would, I mean, just all kinds of negativity toward Donald Trump as a commander in chief. And yesterday when we gave, I posted a video. In fact, I was so taken aback by all of the things I was hearing about Donald Trump's speech yesterday. We brought it to you live. The other Josh and I were sitting here. We watched the Joint Chiefs come out. We watched Mike Pence come out. We watched the, the uh, Secretary of Defense come out and, and line the podium. And then we saw the double doors open up and the burst of sunlight, which, again, everyone was like, why was Donald Trump so late? I'm convinced he was waiting for the sunlight to be perfect. And it was like 11 o'clock and he looked, he's not bright enough. So he had to wait until 1130, whatever it was. And then he finally burst through the double doors and he came out again with his silhouette. It was amazing. It was an amazing show of American force. And then he came out and delivered this speech, which, again, I thought right out of the gate, man, right out of the gate, he said that he I mean, even before he said good morning. He started off with a very decisive point that needs to be driven home. As long as I'm president of the United States, Iran will never be allowed to have a nuclear weapon. And then he said good morning. Because really, Donald Trump needs to remind everybody in Washington, around the world, and especially in Iran, that that ain't ever going to happen. It's never going to happen. So what uh, Donald Trump went on to say was, look, this was a uh, this was a fantastic day for Americans. We should be very happy there were no casualties. We suffered no casualties. All of our soldiers are safe and only minimal damage was sustained at our military bases. Yeah, And then after that, he said, look, the good news is that this appears to be over and that Iran is de-escalating the whole situation. Our great American forces are prepared for anything. Iran appears to be standing down, which is a good thing for all parties concerned and a very good thing for the world. And what happened was he went on he went on to go through, you know, uh, who needs to step up? Europe, you guys got to step up. Russia, China, you guys got to pull out of this nuclear deal. He went on to talk about how Barack Obama was to blame for all of this, because let's face it, Barack Obama was to blame pretty much for all of this. He's the one that uh, it, it, that uh, signed the nuclear treaty back in uh, 2013 with Iran, basically giving them permission to to investigate and to propagate nuclear power in the hopes of one day obtaining a nuclear weapon. He's the one that gave them all the money back that they supposedly had frozen by the United States of America uh, and dropped it in cash, mind you. It, not even a check, not even anything we could trace. Just all kinds of various different currencies put up on a pallet, dumped in the airport, and then poof, it disappears. Untraceable. No way to find out who it's going to, where it's going, or what it's being spent on. But of course, we now know what it was being spent on. We now know it was being spent on the same missiles that were fired at the American bases uh, two nights ago, uh, luckily, again, with no casualties. And Donald Trump went on to say, look, this is this is something that we need to uh, we need to make sure everybody in the world is involved in, because, again, Donald Trump does not want America. And this is the other thing, too. Everyone talks about Donald Trump being a warmonger. Remember last month? When he pulled out of Syria, remember last month when he closed all the bases and said, hey, with these 50 people that we have in Syria, they don't need to be there. We're going to pull them out. Everyone was uh, Donald Trump is abandoning our allies. Donald Trump is afraid of war. Now, all of a sudden, Donald Trump's a warmonger. But he's like, look, it's the same thing I've been saying since the campaign. America is not going to spend all this money to protect the world. America is not going to be the only one. Come on. You guys, you know who needs to step up? 
NATO for one. I am going to ask NATO to become much more involved in the Middle East process. And then he talked direct, which I thought was brilliant. And I thought this was, this is to me the, the sign of a true leader. Somebody who's not just out there to flex their muscles. Somebody who's not just out there warmongering. Somebody who doesn't want the destruction of another country or another regime or another, another, you know, uh, race of people or religion. All these people, Donald Trump hates Muslims. Really? Listen to what he said to Iran. Our great American forces are prepared for any. Hold on. Let me play the actual right clip, and then you'll get a better idea of what I was trying to. Listen to what he said to Iran. Iran can be a great country. Peace and stability cannot prevail in the Middle East as long as Iran continues to foment violence, unrest, hatred, and war. Iran can be a great country. He, he spoke directly to the leaders of Iran, the uh, the people of Iran, and said, look, it doesn't have to be this way. There doesn't have to be all of this back and forth. There doesn't have to be all this hatred. There doesn't have to be all of this anger. There doesn't have to be all this war and violence. And also, there doesn't have to be all of this poverty. Because, again, Dubai, if you look right down the road, Saudi Arabia, if you look right down the road, same area of the world. Same middle of the desert, same, you know, temperature, same religion. And these people have figured out a way to to work with the rest of the world to become a profitable uh, urban center, to become a, 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 a destination, if you will, to become a sanctuary and still maintain their identity and their heritage and their religion, and it's just awesome. And with the help of the Western countries and with the help of Europe and with the help of Donald Trump and with the help of NATO even and Russia and China, Iran, Iraq, all of these could be thriving centers of industry and profit and economic, uh, I mean, it's just independence. They could all be utopian societies. They could be building the largest buildings in the world. They could be creating islands. They could have rap stars and, and movie stars jet set over there to hold lavish parties with oil executives and shakes or whatever else they have. I don't even know. And this could be their future. And everybody in Iran could benefit. Everybody in Iran could benefit, but not with the current leadership and not with the current uh, current political climate that they've got. And I, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know what's going on with Iranian television. I don't know what messages are out there. I don't even know if they have the Internet back. But if anyone in Iran heard Donald Trump talking about that yesterday, they should be excited and they should be inspired and they should fight back against their own leadership so that that could happen. Now, after I watched this speech and we were sitting here and you were listening to it right here on uh, 104.5 WOKV, I thought to myself, what a great speech. How inspirational is that? That's amazing. But wouldn't you know it, there were some people out there who just didn't get it. They just did not understand it, mostly on the left. And they couldn't comprehend what Donald Trump was saying. They couldn't comprehend how successful this mission had been. They, they, they couldn't comprehend any of that. So I grabbed my camera while I was at home and I kind of broke it down line by line and I tried my best to explain exactly what Donald Trump meant uh, as he was speaking to the country yesterday for those that needed it dumbed down, uh, dumbed down. Because I know that there's some people that, that are still confused. We'll play that here in just a minute. Also, Nancy Pelosi is going to be talking later. We've got some what the bleep. We're going to do some trivia. Uh, we a, a whole bunch of stuff we have to get to today. This is the Marque Show on 104.5 WOKV. <laughs> 
This is the Markay Show. My name is Markay. Thanks so much for joining us today, folks. 855-765-1045 is our number. Or if you want to do what the cool kids do, uh, then you can just hit star star 1045. And that is... Um, and that'll, that'll get you through the same thing. You'll, you'll get right through and you'll uh, get to get on the air. And Well, I mean, and, you know, if you're not cussing and you're talking about something that we're talking about, um, by all means, we'll get you on the air. 855-765-1045. Or you can leave us an open mic message, which is something that uh, people like to do, too, using our mobile app. How annoying to have the Democratic majority house be so unhinged that they quickly come up with this resolution to limit Trump's powers. But yet they've got stuff that's been sitting there for years and not vote on. It's interesting. Again, this is um, and Nancy Pelosi. Did she speak yet? Did we miss her? No, she's she's speaking soon. Right. That's what I would assume. Yeah. I yeah. didn't see her pop up at all. Apparently, uh, apparently what would happen is um, she's going to be speaking. But we 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 assume there's a couple of topics. First of all, the articles of impeachment still haven't been delivered to the House. All right, we should point that out. They still have not been delivered to the House, uh, or to the Senate, rather. They're still in the House with Nancy Pelosi, and a lot of senators are getting anxious. They're like, look, you need to, and the Senate Democrats, I should point out, are, are looking at Nancy Pelosi saying, you got to send these things. You can't hold, we know what you're doing. Well, you're holding on to these things so that you can try to get a quote-unquote fair trial, unlike what Donald Trump was able uh, to get in the impeachment hearing. You want to make sure that you have your witness testimony and your documents, and you want to make sure that Mitch McConnell plays by your rules, but the fact that the matter is he doesn't have to because you're not in the senate you're in the house of representatives and when it comes to the senate mitch mcconnell makes the rules i mean that's just the way it is that's the way it is so they're telling nancy pelosi it's time it's time to send these articles out and mitch mcconnell is not buckling on anything now that's the first thing the second thing that we believe nancy pelosi is going to talk about is this uh iranian war powers act which she wants to pass to limit Donald Trump's ability to militarily keep Iran at bay. And this is something that is now becoming a big issue because not only does Nancy Pelosi and a whole bunch of uh, Democrats and Republicans, Democrats in the House and the Senate want to do it, but a couple of Republicans, most notably Mike Lee from Utah, who was very upset with a defense um, department briefing that they received the other day. In fact, he and Rand Paul, who are, but look, neither one of these guys are big war hawks. You know, neither all these guys are definitely a hands-off foreign policy, uh, you know, kind of kind of pairing. But they came out and they they openly admonished and 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 you know basically complained about this briefing that they got talking about how insulted they were probably the worst briefing i've seen at least on a military issue in the nine years i've served in the united states senate yeah nine he said that's the worst briefing i've ever gotten that he didn't get information he got talked down to he got told not to talk again i had hoped and expected to receive more information outlining the legal factual and moral justification for the attack was left somewhat unsatisfied on that front. And this is confusing. This is confusing to me on a, on a couple levels. Because first of all, it's not like this was some big secret guy. Like, who who was this guy that we took out? Why was it necessary to take him out? It's not like we took him out in his house. You know, no one snuck into his apartment. It wasn't like, a, uh, was it the, um, the, the born identity where all of a sudden this guy gets a bullet in the back of the head while he's walking into his car outside of his home. No, this guy was in Baghdad. He was in Iraq where he shouldn't have been, where just days before uh, there was an attack on the, uh, on the American embassy. And this is something that the, the, um, that the, uh, the American intelligence community knew was the beginning of a, of a bigger, larger attack. Plus, 
We know that this guy was responsible for thousands of deaths in Iran, in Iraq, around the region, in Yemen, in Syria. I mean, this guy, this guy's job basically was to end other people's lives. And he did it really, really well. Uh, but for whatever reason, Mike Lee was very upset with he needed more uh, information about why strategically and morally this attack was acceptable. And then he was really upset because I guess whoever was giving him this briefing told him to sit down and shut up. One of the messages we received from the briefers was do not debate, do not discuss the issue of the appropriateness of further military intervention against Iran. And that if you do, you'll be emboldening Iran. By the way, he didn't get the memo, but it's Iran, not Iran. It's Iran is the uh, proper pronunciation. We got that memo yesterday. Anyway, but here's the thing. He's he's now doing the one thing that they asked him not to do is debate, discuss, embolden Iran, and most importantly, embolden the Democrats. And this all leads back to the same problem the Republican Party has always had and probably will always have. And that is that they cannot stick together on anything. They, uh, they cannot stick together on anything, not the way the Democrats do. The Democrats, no matter what they believe, no matter what they think, no matter who's in charge, no matter who hates who, when it comes to a debate or an argument or a piece of legislation that is that is under attack by the opposite party, they stick together. They stick together like uh, like glue. They stick together like the labels on Nancy Pelosi's wine bottles. You know, you ever try to get a wine bottle label apart from the bottle? It's impossible. Yet that's what the Democrats are capable of, and the Republicans can't seem to do. Hey, we'll have more clips. We got to take another quick break. More clips on this. Some of your phone calls coming up too. Eight five five seven six five one zero four five. And why the Democrats and now some Republicans are going to be voting to limit Donald Trump's war powers. That's all on the way. Stay tuned to the Markay Show. It's on one zero four point five WOKV. Entertaining. Never been so addicted to a show between 10 and 12. Informative. You call people out no matter what they are, and you hold them accountable. That's the Mark K Show. This is the Mark K Show. There were so many important questions that they did not answer. We did not see a plan, a satisfying plan for the future. That was uh, Chuck Schumer talking again about the uh, the briefing that Mike Lee and Rand Paul and a bunch of other people were really upset by. However, uh, Representative Scalise, uh, he was cool with it. I thought the briefing was very helpful to, to have the Secretary of State, uh, the Secretary of Defense, and the other intelligence officials really walk through just how uh, long of a history Soleimani had of inflicting terror and murder uh, for not only to Americans, but to others, our allies in the region. Yeah. So now what they're doing is they're voting on this uh, this Iran resolution in the uh, in the House of Representatives, which will limit Donald Trump's power uh, when it comes to dealing with Iran. Eight, five, five, seven, six, five, one, oh, four, five. Jerry's online in Jacksonville. How you doing, Jerry? Thanks for calling the Marquee show. Jerry, so, uh, I, I feel like I have to talk. Can you hear me? Yeah. Hi. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. I sure can. Oh, great. What's up, Jerry? Hey, I just want to, uh, I feel like I have to let you guys know that I'm a Democrat every time I call. Um, I love your show, man, because you, you know, you call it how you see it. Um, I can't agree with you on this one, though, brother. Um, I believe that Mike Lee has the right to question um, the president and what he does. That's what Congress is there for. Um, I don't believe we have to kowtow to any leader, whether it's Barack Obama or President Trump. I want my, my, my Congress to be critical of the things that we are doing. Did that guy deserve to die? Probably so. 
why? Why did we do this? What's the long-term strategy? And how do we make things better? I did not agree with Barack Obama and that nuclear deal, but two things that that nuclear deal did do. Number one, it slowed down the process. It didn't eliminate it, but it slowed down the process of them getting a nuclear weapon. The second thing, Mark, and this is the biggest thing, is it secured our footprint over there. Whether we like it or not, we need a footprint in these countries, period. Uh, listen, Jerry, a couple things. First of all, thanks again for identifying yourself appropriately as a Democrat when you call. We do appreciate that because sometimes we forget. We get a lot of callers to the show. But look, no one's saying you can't disagree with the president. You can disagree and debate with the president all you want. The problem I have with Mike Lee and Rand Paul is that they call a press conference and they start talking about they start they start bad mouthing and admonishing uh, the people that gave them this briefing. You know, they didn't they didn't have to have a briefing at all. If they wanted more questions answered, they should have gone to the president. They should have gone back to the secretary of defense. They should have gone back to whoever was in charge of this briefing and said, we need more answers. We need more questions. We need to talk to the president. We need to have an inward debate about this. What you don't do and what I get offended by and what I get upset by is when these guys walk right out of the briefing room, all heated, all fired all up, all upset, and they act like a bunch of Democrats in front of the cameras. They act like they're just out there trying to get headlines, trying to get their names on TV. Because at the end of the day, it is party versus party. And anyone who tells you wrong or anyone who tells you otherwise is probably a Democrat. But it is party versus party. And at the end of the day, only one party will win. And if you get out there and you openly start complaining about what your president did and how he went about it, and if you say, you know what, because of this briefing, because of this briefing, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go and I'm going to side with the Democrats and limit the president's constitutional power as the commander in chief. Yeah, I have a problem with that. I'm not saying don't debate the president. I'm saying if you want to debate the president, if you want to debate the Defense Department, go and debate the Defense Department. Don't debate the news cameras because you know who you're talking to. You're not talking. When you do that, you're not talking to the president. You're not talking to the people that can make change. You're talking to the liberal media, CNN, MSNBC, the New York Times, the Washington Post. You're talking to all of those people who are going to take your comments and turn it against the president at a time at a time when. Uh, the president needs all the support he can get. And also at a time when the president's military strategy was really, really, really successful, like really successful. Everybody thought that this was the biggest mistake. And in fact, I'm a little upset with Mike Lee because he should have known better. He should have known what the media was going to do. Do you know how he started his press conference? No, you don't. You know why? Because no one's playing it. I'm going to play it for you right now. Mike Lee started by giving props to the president, and then he went on to bash the uh, the 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 entire defense briefing that he got. Then he went on to say, "I'm going to side with the Democrats." And all you're hearing, all you're hearing, is that Mike Lee and other Republicans and Rand Paul are are siding with the Democrats. They are against the president. All you're hearing is that there's anger and resentment on the side of the Republicans over this Iranian attack. You're not hearing the first part of that because Mike Lee went to the press and the press is going to be very strategic about what they release. Here's what he said. We just left the briefing uh, and we were, we were talking about Iran. I, I want to state at the outset, I support President Trump. I support and respect the manner in which he has approached his commander-in-chief powers. I believe that more than any other president in my lifetime, President Trump has shown a lot of restraint. He's been reluctant to get us involved in wars all over the globe. He's been very mindful and respectful of the fact that 
when the American people are asked to give up blood and treasure, they're sending off their sons and their daughters, their moms and their dads into battlefield. And he's therefore very careful about it. I respect that enormously. He should have walked away from the microphone right after that. He should have been like, thank you. That's all the time I have today. Any other questions you can relate to my office? And then he should have gone back to his office and called the White House and said, we got a problem. Me and Rand just got out of this briefing, and you know what? It was horrible, and we didn't get any questions answered. And if you want the grandstanding and if you want the, uh, the, the press to cover somebody, let them cover Chuck Schumer. He's used to it. The, the Republicans will never, ever be able to do anything of merit as a, as a, as a party until they start working together. The Democrats do it brilliantly. It's the only thing they're good at. The only thing they're good at is is banding together and sticking together to force through really horrible legislation. They're really, really good at it. Look at look at Adam Schiff and Jerry Nadler. These are two of the dumbest, most ridiculous, most shifty, most lying, conniving, cheating, arrogant and and inappropriate leaders that any political party has ever had. But guess what? Nancy Pelosi gets up there and talks about how honorable they are and everybody applauds them. And she talks about how they're working to to to, you know, protect the Constitution of the United States. Neither one of these guys could spell Constitution. And if they did, it would leave a bad taste in their mouth. But there they are pretending that these guys are heroes and they do it whenever, whenever they are faced with adversity. And you can see it in their in the way they vote. You can see it with things like Obamacare. It doesn't matter morally what the Democrats think. They work as a party. And that's how they wield their power. The Republicans have never done that. And it doesn't look like they ever will. 855-765-1045. Lorenza in Jacksonville. How you doing, Lorenza? I'm doing all right. I want to ask you one thing. Now, if they vote and eliminate some of Donald Trump's powers, that he can't even talk about an issue until you go to Congress. What happens if you get a call three o'clock in the morning and something going to happen five? You got to wait to air, wait to happen and say, "Well, mm, I knew these hundred thousand people going to die, but I couldn't do nothing about it unless I talk to y'all." Hey, yeah. hey, Dave. Look, and, and Lorenzo, and here's the thing. A lot of what this is is just political posturing. I mean, a lot of it's wasted time because when when the stuff hits the fan, Donald Trump's going to make the call. He's going to be in the war room and he's going to say, here's what we're going to do. All they're talking about doing is setting forth parameters and bylaws and, you know, this this act that they want to pass. All of these things, all it does is it gives them a chance to argue when something that they don't like or agree with happens. So if Donald Trump does something like this again and they've passed some kind of War Powers Act, they can go back and say, well, this divide this act. And a bunch of lawyers are going to have to get in a room and argue why one side's right and one side's wrong. That's all it is. There's They can't stop Donald Trump from pulling the trigger, from giving the order, from hitting the button. Donald Trump is the commander in chief. And all they can do is complain about it. All they can do is and they can't. They, the only way. To keep Donald Trump from being able to organize and administer a similar attack is to get Donald Trump out of office. And once again, they look at the crop of Democrats that they've got on the stage running for president, and they're pretty sure that's not going to happen. So before Donald Trump wins four more years, they want to make sure that he's going to be as ineffective as possible. 855-765-1045. We've got to take a quick break again. Uh, more of your phone calls, some open mic messages, what the bleep. It's all on the way, so stay tuned to the Marquee Show. Just like my Space Force, you're out of this world. 
I got this. Uh, I got this for. I meant to bring this in a long time ago, but I totally forgot. I got this for Christmas for my daughter. It's the presidential daily affirmations button. And it's like the think you know the staples um that was easy button but instead of saying that was easy it's a positive affirmation from the president of the United States and there's multiple sometimes when I'm feeling down which is rare uh I'll hit it and Donald Trump will bring he'll listen he'll he'll say something positive and it just brings me right back up Congratulations you've just launched a nuclear strike against whatever was holding you back Isn't that great? See and I'm like wow look at that That's sweet That is really Little great pep talks by the president they- <laughs> Presidential pep talks. Eight five five seven six five one. Yeah, I know. Then there's a bunch of them too. We'll uh, we'll play some throughout the day. If you're feeling down, let me know, and we'll uh, we'll give you a little uh, boost of uh, daily affirmation from uh, President Trump. James in Jacksonville. Hey, James. Thanks for calling the Mark K Show. How are you? Hello, Mark. Hey, James. You know this is uh, you're exactly right, man. The, the the Democrats stick together, and the Republicans don't, man. That, that, that's the problem that we have mm-hmm. today. With with President Trump's presidency, they're sticking together. <clears throat> they're sticking together, and the Republicans aren't. Man, if the Republicans stuck together, they wouldn't be able to do the things they're doing right now to the president. But you know, their their whole goal every day they get up is to try to weaken his presidency and try to weaken the powers of the office of the president. Yeah. But just like stupid Democrats, they always do. They never think it's going to get flipped back on them. Just like Harry Reid did the nuclear option in the Senate, he never thought that the Republicans would one day take control of the Senate and use and use what he did against them. Yeah, that's so 100 percent right. You know, it, it, it will be a, it will be a Republican House and a Democratic president one day. And by weakening the, the president, you, you're not doing anything but hurting yourself. So, um, you know, and, and, and with Iran, you know, I, I don't need these. I, I don't need the grandstanding from uh from these two senators, you know, they, they how many Americans in, have to die before you do something? James, the president. Yeah, no, James, you bring, you bring up a great point, and that's really all it is. The, the fact of the matter that, and Rand Paul, I'm a little shocked by because he's usually he's usually more of an in, inward kind of guy, and he won't usually come out and 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 lambast the president in front of the press. Mike Lee, I mean, that guy could go either way on any day of the week. But you're you're exactly right about a couple things. First of all. The Republicans need to learn to stick together. No one's saying don't debate. No one's saying agree blindly with everything that the president says. What everyone's saying is the president is, at the end of the day, the leader of your party. He is the head of the party. And he is also the head of the country. So you can disagree with, disagree with him. You can debate with him. But every time you leave a briefing room and not check yourself and not curb your anchor, not take a breath and say, Okay, that was like the worst briefing ever. And oh my God, I'm like so insulted that they would talk to me about that like that. And I totally did not like understand anything that they said. And I feel like I'm totally even more lost than when I went in. Sure, you can think that. But don't walk out, find the nearest MSNBC reporter or CNN microphone and start ranting and raving and screaming about it. Because it does nothing but weaken the president. It does nothing but weaken your party. And in the end... In a lot of ways, it does do exactly what they asked him not to do, publicly debate it because you'll bolster Iran's position. But, of course, there's always going to be people in Congress, in the Senate, mostly on the Republican side. Look, AOC, God love her. She will. She probably hates Nancy Pelosi. 
I imagine that they just do not get along. You know, first of all, women of power, they don't like each other anyway. And then, you know, there's this whole age gap. And, and Nancy Pelosi knows AOC is basically an idiot and a moron. But at the same time, they manage to work together, to vote together, and to live in a harmonious atmosphere where they can utilize their, like, bring their power together. You know, it's like it's like in Ghostbusters, you know, when you cross the streams and all four of you shot at the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man at the same time. Boom. The pr problem solved. You know, the city was saved. That's what the Democrats do. They always cross their streams and the Republicans are out there shooting this way and that way and the other way. And Mitt Romney's over here blowing up the, uh, the you know, the Ecto one. And it's just it's chaos. And Donald Trump somehow in a party that is that has never been cohesive, has never been on the same page and has never been able to get their stuff together. Somehow he has been able to not just survive, but thrive. And he's been able to not just keep the Democrats at bay, but the attackers within his own party. And really nobody after what happened yesterday, after Donald Trump came out and said, look, there were no American casualties, not one. There wasn't an American casualty in the attack on Saddam uh, on uh, Soleimani. There wasn't an American casualty in the attack on the American bases. Everything was done perfectly. We killed a terrorist. We sent a strong message to Iran. We de-escalated the situation. We made America safer. We made the Middle East safer. We let Iran save face. We took out a terrorist, and the economy has never been better. Of course, the Democrats are going to hate everything about this. The Republicans, they should just they should just shut up. And be like, wow, this maybe, maybe he's got something there. Today you are shining more brightly than all the stars in the universe combined. Yeah, 855-765-1045 is the number. Quick break, more of your phone calls, more of your open mic messages, and more uh, daily affirmations from President Trump on the way. It's the Marque Show on 104.5 WOKV. Entertaining. Never been so addicted to a show between 10 and 12. Informative. You call people out no matter what they are, and you hold them accountable. That's the Mark K Show. This is the Mark K Show. Damn right, Mark K. Damn right. I, love, I don't know what she's talking about, but I love that she says, uh, damn right, Mark K. Those are my four favorite words in that order. 855-765-1045. All right, so Nancy Pelosi is talking live right now. National Environmental Protection Act. See, and uh, we're watching a little bit of it throughout the news. And I'm get, again, I don't want to say that I could call it. Like, I don't want to say that she's predictable or that I'm so knowledgeable. But like, and because Rush Limbaugh does that all the time. He'll be like, you know, it was just like I predicted. And sure, the guy's smart. He knows what he's talking about. He always comes back and plays these clips of him making a prediction and then how it it, it turns out to be right. But I told you exactly what she was going to do. She was going to come out. She was going to talk about the the uh, limita limitation of the president's uh, war powers for, against Iran after this very successful military campaign. Then she was going to talk about the articles of impeachment, which she did. And then she was going to remind everybody that, oh, we're also actually doing other stuff. You know, we're not just attacking the president. We have other legislation that's in the works. And that's what she's talking about right now. Doug, H.R. 3, wildly popular in the country, hopefully, uh, and Past the House. Is HR uh, is HR three wildly popular in the? I'm sorry, I hadn't seen the recent polling data on HR three. Everybody knows everyone's really excited about HR three. Is that right? Is sitting over in the Senate. It's sitting over there with maybe 400 bills we've sent over. More than 275 of them bipartisan legislation. One of them we observed yesterday, the ninth anniversary of the assault on Gabby Gifford's life. This is a, a bullet. 
and I wear that. That's Sorry, she had to pause to adjust her bracelet there. Apparently, it was it was uh, it was cutting off the circulation to her hand. Um, anyway, who knows what's going on? But the fact of the matter is that she's complaining now that there are that there are bills sitting in the Senate that are going unvoted on and uh, and unpassed while she's sitting on the articles of impeachment. Here's all right. So here's basically I don't want to talk too much about Nancy Pelosi because it all be honest, it makes me nauseous. But uh, the fact of the matter is she comes out and she says, look, the first thing we need to do is we're proud of our troops. We're proud of what's been going on. We're proud of how this thing ended. We're glad that nobody lost their life. No Americans lives were lost. And we are glad that this didn't escalate into World War III. But at the same time, the, de- the president is off the rails and he cannot be trusted. We need to make sure that he doesn't do anything like this again. And, sh- and she even admitted, she goes, look, I know with my intelligence background that, that Soleimani was a bad guy. She's known Soleimani since he was in diapers. That's how, that's how long Nancy Pelosi's been in, in the Congress. So she knows. She knows what's going on with this guy. She knows he's a bad guy. She knows that his death is probably good for everybody. But at the same time, she can't admit that Donald Trump did anything great. So she's going to go in there and limit the powers. And she talks about it again. She's like, look, you can't you can't as the president just act unilaterally. Well, I mean, no, you can't declare a war and you can't fund the war. But if you need to uh, if you need to make a a, 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 a a judgment call on an impending attack to protect Americans that doesn't require a declaration of war, then you are 100 percent within your right to do that. And that's what Donald Trump did. And it was and it was so successful. And that's really what's what's irking them. Is that they have a president that they can't control, who hates them. They can't even impeach properly. They can't even impeach the president. And they think they can limit his power? Good luck with that. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm eager to see how this works out. Then, of course, speaking of impeachment, they asked her again, when are you going to send over these articles of impeachment? And she said, you know what? I'm just going to give you the same answer. And the same answer is when we know that the process in the Senate will be fair. When we know that we're going to get a fair trial, when they're going to let the evidence come to light and when they're going to let our witnesses come and speak and testify. And I've even heard now that there's talk of them just dismissing it. Can you believe that? Dismissing. You know what dismissal is? Dismissal is a cover up. Dismissal is an admission of guilt. Dismissal is an admission that they are covering up the evidence that they know proves that Donald Trump committed impeachable offenses. Can you believe that? So I'm going to hold on to these articles of impeachment until I'm, I'm probably now forever. And again, the problem is, and I just don't understand why she doesn't understand this. The problem is that she has no leverage because as Mitch McConnell said on day one, you don't have leverage by not sending us something that we don't want in the first place. If we really wanted this, you would have leverage. Oh, Nancy, please, we need these articles of impeachment. We've been waiting for we've been waiting for two and a half years to, to, to hold this trial against the president of our own party. Oh, please send them over. We'll do anything you want. Just send them over. That's not what's happening. And she knows it. And she's starting to look foolish. And her own party's starting to call her out. You have Senator after Dianne Feinstein, who, I mean, really, Dianne Feinstein's basically the Senate equivalent of Nancy Pelosi. And she's even in there going, con, lady, you got to send these things over. Enough is enough. You're not going to get what you want. You're going to lose and you're going to look like an idiot. I'm sorry. You're going to continue to look like an idiot. 855 1045. Mike in Jacksonville. Hey, Mike, thanks so much for calling the Mark K Show. How are you? Hey, I'm doing well. Thank you for taking my call. Absolutely. I got a, just a couple of quick things. Um, first off, you know, going all the way back to the Obama administration, I'm pretty well informed based on listening to you, to Rush, and Fox News as to everything that has happened, all the corruption, all the illegalness. 
and I'm really getting sick and tired of nothing being done about it, and I want to know when somebody's going to go to jail. That's not really why I'm calling them. Oh, okay. I'm calling about the attack on the U.S. base and the 16 missiles. You know, back in uh, the Gulf War, I was about 30 years old. I lived in Orlando, and Martin Marietta created something called the Patriot Missile Battery. Right. Yeah, no, I understand. Very yeah. effective. Very effect, effective at taking out the Scud missile. Don't we have something comparable to that or still have that today? Don't we have missiles on Apache helicopters? Don't we have shoulder-fired missiles? Don't we have jets that can be scrambled? My question is, why were these missiles all allowed to land and hit their targets? Yeah. I know we can't tell a foreign missile, you know, within 25 or 100 yards where it's going to hit. We can do our own, but... We don't know where they're going to hit. Look, Mike, I'm, that's a great question. That's something that a lot of people have debated. And I think that the common, I think that the, the most, you know, what is it? What is, what's it, what is it? The, uh, you know, the, uh, the most likely scenario is often correct. Like if it looks like a duck and it quacks like a duck, probably it's a duck. And I think that the, the option that we have to look at here is you have all these missiles, like you said, they were aimed at a base that where that was basically uninhabited because we knew that this attack was coming and we let the missiles fall where they might. Why would we take out the missiles? Why would we, uh, why would we counter, mount a, some kind of counterattack? Because we knew that this was Iran flexing their muscles and not actually trying to kill somebody. The last thing Iran wanted to do was kill an American because Donald Trump had made it clear that that would have ended in more Iranian deaths of high ranking military officials, maybe even government officials, maybe even the Ayatollah himself. Donald Trump is not messing around. By killing Soleimani, he basically said, here's how we're going to play this. You're going to you're going to attack an American, a contractor, a serviceman and woman, a reporter. It doesn't matter. You're going to kill an American. I'm going to go to the highest echelon of your fighting force and take out the guy in charge. And you're not going to be able to control it. You're not going to see it coming. You're not going to be able to defend against it. And you're going to you're going to poop your pants and say, whoa, we did not expect that. And next the next step, it's in your the ball is in your court. But just know that this is how we play the game. So, of course, Iran is going to aim to miss. We know Iran can fire a missile. We know they can do it. We saw what happened in the Saudi Arabian oil fields. They had, what, 17 missiles? They did an, um, an amazing amount of damage to the Saudi Arabian oil fields. They, they hit every target that they wanted to. So the fact that they didn't hit every target that they wanted to, the fact that there were no casualties, the fact that there was minimal damage to our American assets in, in Iraq – tells us that they weren't looking to kill Americans because they knew it would be the end of them them. They're not going they're not that dumb, but at the same time, they need to get on television and say, Operation Martyr Soleimani is a smashing success. And they need to get on TV and say, we were able to chase the Americans, but whatever. It doesn't matter. In the end, the only deaths, the only casualties of, of this back and forth were Iranian terrorists. And a lot of us are going to be, most of us are going to be a lot safer for a lot longer as a result of it. And I think it's probably cheaper to let them let them damage a couple fences at our airbase that we can f- f- put back up instead of using, you know, anti-aircraft missiles, because those things ain't cheap. 
I, I was on eBay trying to buy some. They're, they're very expensive. 855-765-1045. Quick break. When we get back, we have more of your phone calls coming up here in just a minute. Also, we've got some What the Bleep we got to get to today, too. 855-765-1045. It's the Mark K Show on 104.5 WOKV. Okay, dude, you can stop talking because you don't know what you're talking about. How does giving money slow down a process to people who need the money to produce nuclear weapons? Uh, how does it go? I don't understand. Oh, you're talking, you're not talking to me. You're talking about the guy who called. Oh, I get it. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So we had a guy call in and, uh, he, rightly so, he, uh, acknowledged that he was a Democrat before he called in. He does every time and we do appreciate that. Um, but yeah, giving money to people that are trying to proliferate, proliferate nuclear weapons doesn't, doesn't slow down the process. You need to stop the process, by the way. And that's something that Donald Trump said. Look, there's no reason slowing down the Iranian nuclear process is not what we're looking to do. We're looking to just stop and terminate it. As long as I'm president of the United States, Iran will never be allowed to have a nuclear weapon. Yeah, 855-765-1045. And that's something that, it, look, that's not just, that's just not just political rhetoric. That's not just something that Donald Trump's saying to get elected. That's something like like Joe Biden saying he wants a national ban on plastic bags. Donald Trump, Donald Trump is is promising to never let Iran have a nuclear weapon as long as he's president. Uh, Joe Biden is saying if I'm president, I'll get rid of plastic bags. I'll do it. I'll get rid of plastic. I'll get rid of plastic. Like wow. Well, then what are the options? Well, we won't have plastic bags, so the environment will be safer. But we'll all be nuked by a terrorist because Iran will be able to proliferate uh, their their nuclear program. I you know it's a tough choice. It's a tough choice. 855-765-1045. John in Amelia Island. How are you, John? Great. Um, I think I used to live in Iran. My father was Iranian. I know a little bit about the politics, but what is often missed in the analysis of the situation is who is Shiite and who is Sunni and what that means for the political situation. You have to... Um, Keep in mind that the alliances that we saw or we see in the Middle East are all based on Shiite versus Sunni. So last night I'm watching Fox News and Tucker Carlson is making, he's basically calling for us to leave Iraq. So let's say I, I can understand that. But if uh, the U.S. leaves Iraq, there will then be a civil war between the Sunnis and the Shiite, which will probably draw in the neighboring countries. And it's not like we leave and there's going to be peace there. What we did by invading Iraq in the first place was put a Shiite government in place. We should have known, and if you examine statements made by the first Bush mm -hmm. president in the 90s, we knew that if we overthrew Saddam Hussein, we'd end up with a Shiite government. So we now have a Shiite government right. which has asked us to leave. And, you know, under what authority are we even staying there? But if we leave, there will be a civil so, war. So, John, what are you saying? Should we stay? Because you're saying two different things. Under what authority are we there in the first place? But if we leave, there'll be a civil war. So at, at this point, what are you saying? It's better that we stay there if war is inevitable no, anyway? I, I, I don't have a – there's no easy solution for right. this. I'm not advocating anything in particular. I'm just saying that Fox News was on record last night as saying we should leave Iraq as – and he had Tulsi Gabbard on – saying that and i think if we 
leave Iraq, it's not going to be peaceful there. Yeah. You know, the Middle East is never going to be peaceful. The Middle East hasn't been peaceful since the Middle, you know, since it became the Middle East. Well, back when it was just the East, it was never peaceful. Uh, and I don't. And you're right about a lot of things. And having lived there, you know this. That here in the United States, we've got a couple things. You know, you've got you've got race, you've got political background, you've got geography. All right, economic class. All right, those are all things that 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 can separate us, can bring us together, can cause all kinds of controversy, and they often do. But when you move to the Middle East, you've got so many different things. You've got race, you've got economic class, you've got geography, you've got political party, you've got religion, you've got sect, you've got tribe. I mean, there are there's tribal warfare going on there that and their religious beliefs are, are for a lot of them more fundamentally uh, intertwined with their daily lives and their political processes and things like that. It is a it like you said, it's, it's something that we will never understand as a Western culture, uh, nor should we. And by. By being there, are we keeping the peace for now? But is it inevitable that at some point, based on all of these different differences and all of these different ideas and all of these different philosophies, that eventually what's going to happen is there will be another eruption of violence, either Shiite and Sunni or Iraq and Iran or Saudi Arabia and Iran or Yemen. And I mean, all of these factions can't just live peacefully forever. They never have. So what is the point of us being there? And I was driving home yesterday, I was listening to to, uh, to Rush, and he said, you know, I think really what Donald Trump wants to do is get us out of there. Which, up until recent, up until Donald Trump started doing, when Donald Trump pulled the troops out of Syria, all of a sudden, every Democrat, every Democrat who was all against war, who was all against using our troops as, as, a, uh, as a police force, you know, don't, let's not be the world's policeman. Every single Democrat was all of a sudden for leaving our troops in Syria. Now they're all for leaving our troops in Iraq. When that letter the other day saying, hey, the Iraqi government, which you pointed out, asked us to leave, by what authority do we have to stay there? And and Donald Trump came forward. You know what he said? He said, hey, you know what? Uh we should probably think about getting out of Iraq at some point. We will leave Iraq, but we want to be reimbursed for the huge airbase we built them there. And then this letter leaked out from the uh, it was a draft letter from the military saying, here's what we're going to do. We're going to withdraw our troops from Iraq at their request. Wouldn't that be the sensible and non-erratic way that a president would react? No, not to the Democrats, because whatever Donald Trump does is bad. So if Donald Trump had said, uh, F you, Iraq, we're staying right here then that would have been Donald Trump, warmonger, usurping his authority, you know, nation building. Donald Trump cannot just squat in a country that has asked us to leave. Shame, shame. But if Donald Trump says, hey, we understand where you're coming from. You don't want to get caught in the crossfire. Give us, you know, six months to a year. Pay us back the billion dollars you owe us and we'll happily leave. Then all of a sudden, Donald Trump is weak on Iraq and weak on Iran and has a horrible foreign policy. The man cannot win. And yet somehow he remains so positive. You're an absolute superstar who is going to be huge. Yeah. Just huge. Just huge. 855-765-1045. Quick break. More of the Marquee Show coming up. More of your phone calls, too. Stay tuned to 104.5 WOKV. Entertaining. Never been so addicted to a show between 10 and 12. Informative. You call people out no matter what they are. And you hold them accountable. That's the Marquee Show. This is the Marquee Show. Than a unicorn flying through a rainbow. Oh, that's pretty magnificent. Thank you, President. I really appreciate that. Uh, this is the, uh, by the way, the daily affirmations button, the presidential daily affirmations button I received from my daughter for Christmas. You are smart, you are capable, and you are important. How great is that? Everyone should have one of these. 
Everyone should have one of these. 855 except for the Nancy Pelosi. 855-765-1045. This is Greg in Orange Park. Greg, hi. Thanks so much for calling the Mark K Show. How are you? Enjoy the Mark K Show every day. Oh, wow, maybe, me too. Maybe I've, missed, maybe I've missed out on a lot. And I realize that tens of millions of the American people couldn't pick out Iraq from Iran, yeah. let alone Afghanistan. But have we missed out on the fact that George W. and Obama both killed terrorists? Uh, Obama killed bin Laden, uh, saying how they needed to uh, redo the War Powers Act because he killed bin Laden. Yeah. Uh, um, they would have been run out of office on a rail had they done it. But there was others also that he killed. There was two or three other ones, and George W. did also. And here we are. Um, it's just pure hate coming out of her eyes when she talks about having to uh, rein Donald Trump in. And yeah. it, it just it just sends me over the top. So no, Greg, I can I can that's sense all I have to say. I can sense the frustration in your voice. And let me just let the president remind you. Believe me when I say you make life great again. You do, you do, and we appreciate all those like you. Uh, but look, and and yes, let's go let's go back a little bit through history, shall we? Because he's absolutely right. Um, Barack Obama killed uh, Osama bin Laden. Well, he didn't kill him, but you know, after a long, after a long 13-year search, they isolated his position, and uh, Barack Obama gave the order to the SEAL team to go in and take out Osama bin Laden. And Osama bin Laden, different scenario. Different scenario because, well, Barack Obama was a Democrat. Also, he had killed over 3,000 Americans in what is still the most tragic uh, terrorist attack or attack on American soil ever, ever. It was the it was the deadliest attack this country had ever seen. It would be it would be very difficult to criticize a president who took that guy out. Also, he was hiding in a cave. He was not an elected official. He was not the general of some Republican guard. He was not linked to any kind of regime whatsoever. He was, for the most of, for most of his life, and especially most of his later life, a terrorist who ran a terrorist organization out of a cave. And when the end came to him, that's basically all anyone remembered. Now, the problem with uh, the problem with George Bush was, and it wasn't really a problem, is that right after. The 9-11 attacks right after 3000 people were killed on American soil. He mounted his wars in Iraq. Sure. Remember pulling Saddam Hussein out of the hole and Saddam Hussein was turned over to his own people and they took care of him. You know, they hated him just as much as we did. And that's that's one of the issues uh, that you had there. So while these murderous thugs and treacherous terrorists have been hunted down for centuries, for decades, really. Uh, and probably centuries, and brought to justice in whatever way um, people see fit. It always depends on the party who is in power. If you look at uh, President Bush, the biggest problem with him was not the uh, was not the the acts, but the way that they were carried out. Number one, the weapons of mass destruction was a huge sticking point for him because people thought that it was a lie, not bad intelligence, but made up intelligence. They thought that that his uh, that Dick Cheney specifically had crafted the entire story so that they could go to war with Saddam Hussein, who they've been trying to oust for a long time, because Dick Cheney and Don Rumsfeld uh, and George Bush's father had all been attacking Saddam Hussein and trying to get Saddam Hussein out of power since way back in the early 90s and the, and the Desert Shield days and the Desert Storm days when he invaded Kuwait. So you've got a long history there with Donald Trump. You have no history. 
Donald Trump has no history. Donald Trump comes in, and the only thing he wants to do is keep Americans safe. His dad was never president. His dad never declared war on somebody else. His his advisors aren't looking to to uh, finally finish the job they weren't able to start way back when. He's not trying to he's not trying to appease himself or or make himself look like he's stronger than he is. He's a strong guy and he knows it. And Donald Trump comes in. He says, how do we get how do we keep America safe? We kill this general. Right, let's go do it. Why would anyone complain? And now you have Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and everybody else and even Rand Paul and Mike Lee. And they're all up in arms. They're all angry. Because once again, Donald Trump has acted presidential. Think about this. What was what is the number one biggest thing you heard about Donald Trump the first throughout the election uh, by far and then into the first year of his presidency? He's not presidential. Donald Trump, he just doesn't act presidential. He doesn't talk president. This is not something a president would do. Donald Trump is a bumbling idiot. He's a pathological liar. Donald Trump is a is a philanderer. Donald Trump is a cheater. Donald Trump is a shyster. Donald Trump runs around with the mafia. He's not presidential. A president would never get on stage and call somebody Lil Marco or insult somebody's intelligence or call it a uh, call it one of his uh, Republican colleagues lion Ted Cruz. He wouldn't make fun of the way people looked. He would never tell a female Fox reporter that she was maybe angry because she was menstruating at the time she asked a question. This is not presidential. Well, now you have Donald Trump who comes into the war room, sits down, looks at a plan, makes a decisive action, takes decisive action, gets a gets a victory, a feather in the cap, takes out a major terrorist, a major threat to the United States, gets Iran, Iran, which is run by crazy people to de-escalate, to de-escalate their violent attacks, pulls us out of the Iran nuclear treaty. Basically gets Iran to say, we're out of the Iran nuclear treaty, too. And at the same time, uh, the economy flourishes. Oh, and we'd like to point out one more thing. Not one American life was lost in the process. That is a huge win. That is something that a presidential person would do. A president would uh, look at a threat. A president would um, assess the threat. And a president would take out the threat. And a president wouldn't look back and a president would get would walk into a podium and explain why he did it and explain how he did it and explain how we're safer. And then a president, someone who is acting presidential, would then say to the people of the country that we just uh, that we just had a confrontation with, we are looking for peace. We want to work with you. You can be a great country to the leaders, to the people work with us. For peaceful solutions. Iran can be a great country. Peace and stability cannot prevail in the Middle East as long as Iran continues to foment violence, unrest, hatred and war. Well, the problem that the Democrats really have with Donald Trump is that now he's acting presidential. He has become the president they told us he could never be. And the problem they have is that they've got to go back to the drawing board and figure out how the hell they're supposed to sell America on Joe Biden, whose teeth fall out of his mouth, whose eyes explode, and who goes over to the Ukraine to get a, a millions of dollars for his own son so he doesn't have to work. They, they, how are they supposed to explain that? Donald Trump has become the president that they told us he would never become. And that's their biggest problem. That's why 
That's why they have to impeach him. That's why they have to vote to limit his power. And that's why they are freaking out because they now know after yet another massive foreign policy success, after another presidential success, that Donald Trump, he didn't just beat Iran. He didn't just beat the Ayatollah. He didn't just beat Soleimani. He just beat the entire Democratic Party. That's why they're so mad. 855-765-1045 is the number. 855-765-1045. Your amazing energy and bold spirit make me tingle inside. I appreciate it. I'm tingling a little bit, too. I appreciate it. Thank you. Listen, we're going to try to get some, We may or may not play What the Bleep. We've got to check on something. But if you want to play, get on the horn right now, and hopefully we can hopefully we can piece it all together. 855-765-1045. Quick break. More on the Mark K Show coming up. This is the Mark K Show. Thanks so much for joining us, folks. We're going to take you actually live to the White House. The president is speaking. He was speaking. He was speaking about something with, involving dudes with hard hats and construction vests. And all of a sudden, you know, and then he took questions, and now it's all about Iran again. President so Obama handed him $150 billion. Yeah. They're a much different country. We'll see whether or not they want to negotiate. Maybe they want to wait till after the election and negotiate with a weak Democrat, somebody like a Biden or a Pocahontas or Buttigieg, or one of these characters, okay? Maybe they want to wait, but I think they're probably well off doing it now because if you look at the polls and if you look at what's going on, we're doing very well. They're losing a tremendous amount. They're getting hurt very badly by the sanctions. It all can end very quickly. But as to whether or not they want, that's up to them. Not up to me. It's totally up to them. They can straighten out their country. Iran right now is a mess. They can straighten out the economics of their country very, very quickly. Let's see whether or not they negotiate. Leverage today. That's great. Let's. Uh, we'll, well, I'm sure I'll have clips of that uh, later on today. But first, why don't we? Well, we with whatever little time we have left, why don't we do some what the bleep? Because it's been a little while, and uh, we have a couple people who are eager to play. Jack in St. John's County. How you doing, Jack? Thanks so much for calling the Marque Show. I'm great. Oh, great, Jack. You're going to be playing today against uh, Erica from the beaches. As soon as I can get her on the phone here, Erica, are you there? I am. I'm here. Oh, yay. Erica, say hi to Jack. Jack, say hi to Erica. Hi, Jack. Hello. Oops. Don't say that on an airplane. Oh, oh, good. All right, perfect. Uh, all right, so here's here's what's going to happen, ladies and gentlemen. We are going to uh, be playing you clips back and forth, stuff that happened this week. We'll bleep out one word. All you have to do is tell us what word we bleeped out. If you get it right, then you win. Uh, then you get a point. And whoever has the most points at the end of the game gets a Marque Show prize pack featuring a Marque Show T-shirt and some uh, 104.5 WOKV swag. Uh, are you ready, guys? We're going to start with you, Jack, okay? Okay. Listen carefully. This is Donald Trump speaking at the White House uh, yesterday. Iran's hostility substantially increased after the Iran nuclear deal was signed in 2013. Yeah. What uh, what word did we bleep out of that statement there, Jack? Um. Terrible. Terrible. No, terrible. That's a good guess. Let's take a listen. Iran's hostility substantially increased after the foolish Iran foolish. nuclear deal oh, yeah. was signed in 2013. Uh, foolish was the word, but that was very close. That was very close. Still anybody's game. Don't worry. You're, you're still in this. Uh, all right, Erica, we go to you. Here's your first uh, clue for what the bleep. Listen carefully. This is Rand Paul speaking after a, um, after a briefing the other day. Listen carefully and tell us what the bleep, okay? Okay. All right, by the way, there's two bleeps, but it's the same word bleeped out twice. So you just have to give us one word. Listen carefully. Okay. I frankly think he do, he will not unnecessarily escalate things. However, the d- is bigger than just this. D- <laughs> 
what what the what the bleep there, Erica? Oh man, the the danger. The danger. Ooh, that's a good one. Let's listen and see if that's what he said. I frankly think he do, he will not unnecessarily escalate things. However. The debate oh. is bigger than just this debate. The debate. The debate. The other D word. That was a wow, that was a good guess though. All right, Jack, back to you. Are you ready? Yep. Here we go, Jack. This is Judge Judy on CNN talking to Chris Cuomo about her support for uh support for Mayor Bloomberg to be the next president. Listen carefully and tell us what the bleep. Sadly, when you go into politics these days, it said to somebody it's like having a daily call. Well, <laughs> what what the, what the bleep, Jack? Uh, I have no clue, honestly. Take a uh, guess. Take a, you want to hear one more? Let me play it for you one more time, okay? Take a yeah, listen, listen yeah. carefully. Sadly, when you go into politics these days, it said to somebody, it's like having a daily. <laughs> <laughs> I just like explain it. Uh, what do you think? Daily. Um, Cough. Daily cough. That's a good. Right, let's take a listen. Sadly, when you go into politics these days, it said to somebody, it's like having a daily colonoscopy. Oh, colonoscopy. That's 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 definitely <laughs> like being in the radio industry too. All right, uh, here we go. We have time. Yeah, here we go. Uh, listen carefully, Erica. This is our very own Rich Jones um, talking about, uh, I believe, the Jaguars. Listen carefully and tell us what the bleep. Okay. Okay. All right, here we go. Gardner Minshew is out seeing the country in an RV wearing the kind of <laughs> that you would expect Gardner Minshew to wear. Oh, what, what the bleep, Erica? Shirt? Shirt? I got I hope it's shirt. Yeah. Let's take a look. Gardner Minshew is out seeing the country in an RV Wearing the kind of shirt that you would expect Gardner Minshew to wear. Uh, bravo. Yay. Nicely done. Uh, Erica, you got a point. And unfortunately, Jack, I'm so sorry. We are actually out of time. So with a score of one nothing, Erica, you're our big winner today. Congratulations. Yeah. Woo, yay. We're going to get you a Mark K. Show shirt. Um, and uh, we expect you to wear it as proudly as Gardner Minshew wears his. Hey, everybody, thanks so much for listening today. We appreciate it. Stay tuned. Traffic, weather, the news, Rush Limbaugh, it's all on the way on 104.5 WOKV. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.